Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. It's the most important week in the church's calendar. So what are we supposed to do? Maybe the best thing is to make sure that we take time to experience God's love in a new way. On today's podcast, we talk about three ways to receive God's love. Along the way, we'll share a huge announcement from Kevin. We'll give you some insight into why Kevin and I aren't a stereotypical couple, and we'll offer a Catholic hack for First Communions or Confirmations. You won't want to miss it, so stay right here. doing something a little risky on the podcast today. Risky, huh? It is Saturday morning. (laughs) And I can hear feet running around upstairs. So let's see if we can make it through this episode without a child coming downstairs. I'm excited for this. Yeah, we just... a gamble. We just had one come downstairs with half-ripe bananas and ask if they could make banana muffins. (laughs) To which I had explained, no, they won't taste good. (laughs) But I think we can do it. I think we're going to make it. They... They're going to hang. Well, happy Holy Week. That's right. It's Holy Week. So if your Lent has stunk so far, guess what? You've got one more week. It's not all at a loss here. Yeah. You've got an opportunity this last week to make it really good. So we're going to be talking today about how to receive. But before we get into that, we have a very exciting announcement to make. It is an exciting announcement. It's big news. I can't believe that you haven't been talking about this because when I had an announcement to make like this that you're about to announce I talked about it all the time while it was in process and you waited until it was like it's done it's just your style I guess that's my style I wonder why that is we could analyze that later that'd be fun would you like to make your announcement I would October of this year I'll be releasing a book entitled called becoming an everyday disciple in a post-christian world a five-week guide with Ave Maria Press. So really, really excited. Something I've been working on for a very long time, thinking about, writing about, uh, actively participating in it. And uh, it's fun to see it off to the publisher, almost entirely complete on my side, and then for it to be published in October. I am, I'm just super stoked. It's really exciting. Yeah, and October sounds like a long way away, but in the book world, like, it's pretty much wrapped up and done here. Like you're going to get what one more like final glance through. Yeah. One more glance through. Then I'll get like the, the galley edition. And then I can, if there's like typos or something, I can make corrections. So yeah, but it's pretty much done down to the final stretch. We have a cover. You have endorsements already. Yeah. <gasps> who are some people who are endorsing the book? Kevin Cotter. <sighs> Let's see here. We've got Jen Fulweiler, Leah Darrow, Curse Martin, Dr. Sri, Father James Mallon, all sorts of fun things. And the foreword is written by Father Mike Schmitz. Oh, I love Father Mike Schmitz. What's neat about Father Mike Schmitz is that we've actually known him before he was Father Mike Schmitz. <laughs> because he's been a focus chaplain for like a decade now. Yeah. Right? So yeah, we used to hang out at new staff training and, and different things. So we've known him for a long time. So it was not at all weird for Kevin to be like, hey, Father Mike, can you write my foreword? That's right. Like, Work, worked out well. Yeah, cool. 
so the the book is a little bit uh, it's kind of dating detox esque as it takes people through a journey. So it walks people through five different weeks. Uh, first week is all about encountering Jesus. How do we just encounter our Lord? Second week is all about following Him. How do we be a disciple of Jesus? And then the last three weeks, which I'm I think the most excited about, are all about how do I do this whole evangelization thing? Like how do I actually make disciples? And a big part of the book is that to be disciples of Jesus, we actually have to make disciples as well, which, yeah, I think it's a fun thing to look at. a true disciple makes disciples. That's the mark of a disciple. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of books on how to be a disciple or how to like live out our faith. A lot of things that we do in our podcast, but I'm excited to, you know, shift a little bit and really concentrate on, all right, how do I also make disciples as well? It kind of reminds me of the story that we heard this week, um, overheard in the hallway by one of our teachers, um, was a conversation between our daughter and another girl in her <laughs> class and the girl, so they go to Catholic school. So the one girl's like, yeah, my dad teaches people about Jesus <laughs> and Mary Claire, not trying to be a jerk, just was like, oh, well, my dad teaches people how to teach people about Jesus. <laughs> it's kind of like the Catholic school version of my dad can beat up your dad. Like <laughs> It was like a total second Timothy two, two moment, which second Timothy two, two is that, you know, teaching teachers how to teach. That's what focuses really based on is, yeah, we, we share the faith, but we also build people up and send them out so that they can share it as well. And uh, just hilarious, yeah, to hear your child like, oh, well, my dad, that's what, he, you know, he <laughs> teaches, teaches people how to teach. Yeah. So the was, teacher thought it was good enough to share with us. So. Pretty iconic moment of the week. Yeah. Yeah, we, it was great. We appreciated it. So that's what the book is really about, is like teaching people how to teach. Yep. So. And walking people through that journey. Because a lot of times when people are like, oh, I need to evangelize. It's very overwhelming. So we want to start with that encounter. We want to learn how to follow Jesus, but then we do want to spend a good chunk. How do I do that? So yeah, October, Mm -hmm. 2018. Yeah. And if you're afraid of, of that concept of like, Oh, like, well, I I just like my faith as a personal thing. I don't want to have to share it. The book helps you get to a place where you go. It's not that scary. (laughs) Like it's not that big of a deal. All I need to do is tweak what I'm already doing and be more intentional about it. That's right. Yep. So that's what, that's what the book's about. I'm very excited. All right. So our topic today is how to receive. Now, usually when we do an episode, either Kevin or I kind of take a lead on who develops the kind of the outline. And this is this is a Kevin topic. And, um, you know, here on the podcast, we're we're very practical. It's the how-to Catholic. How to, right. It's right in our opener, right? We're not shy about that. And so perhaps if you're listening, you also are kind of a practical person, right? Like, all right, tell me what I have to do. What are the steps I need to take? Like, how can I make this more efficient or whatever it is? Um, And that's very much me, like through and through. Like 90% of the time, that's like my MO. That's where I work out of. (laughs) And what's interesting about about Kevin and I and our relationship and our marriage is that we're not the stereotypical couple in the sense of, oh, well, you know, the wife is the overly emotional, like... um, so this is where we need video right here because Kevin's laughing at me. Um, like everything is, you know, just um, f- fussy, that kind of, you know, like just like, again, stereotypical, right? And Kevin's not the stereotypical like, well, let's get practical. Like, let's take these steps. Here's what we need to do to get this task done. And like, we don't like have miscommunications in those ways because that's not kind of our like nature. And I wouldn't, so I, I would say that like Kevin isn't, He's not, you're not overly emotional. I wouldn't I, say that I either. wouldn't call myself that, no. No, but you're probably more emotional than I am in terms of your intuitiveness and your understanding of your emotions. That's or like probably. in your like 
contemplation of your emotions. Is that correct? Would yeah. You say? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. As long as you can go on a scale there. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kevin probably like is more aware of his emotions and thinks about them more than I do. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Yeah. 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 So I like, yeah, 90% of the time I think from my head, 10% of the time it comes from my heart. Like <laughs> in terms of. And I might be more 50, 50. Yeah. 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 So you're like normal and I'm like freakishly <laughs> on the other side of what a typical girl is. So anyways, this episode was just funny because he put it together and <laughs> handed it to me and I was like, this is so like, what was the word I used? Yeah, I mean, you're just like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't relate to this. <laughs> Because it's it's more of like a um, hey let's contemplate like let's get away from the practical for once and let's talk a little bit more about like let's get into like the um, kind of heart side of this. So why don't you explain a little more? Well, like, yeah, how well that I think works. that's what Holy Week is about in a lot of ways. Like during Holy Week, we're not supposed to. I don't intellectualize. Know. We, you know, we don't have to do a lot. We're, we need to experience a lot and receive a lot. So like when you think through the liturgies, you know, whether it be Holy Thursday or especially a Good Friday. It's really contemplating what happened in those events and receiving God's love. Like on Good Friday, you're actually not supposed to work. You know, it's not like you're, you need to do something. It's more like, I just need to sit around and think about what God did for me. And so as I was thinking through this and as I was, I'm doing a parish mission this weekend, which actually will be the day before this episode releases. And I was like, what do I need to tell these people during this parish mission, like during this last week? And I think as Catholics, a lot of times it's like, oh, here's all the things you can do. Or like, you kind of feel like the guilt trip, like in order to be a good Catholic, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And as I was thinking about it, we do need to do X, Y, and Z, but... And we have an episode on X, Y, and Z. It's how to Holy Week, if you want the practical side of it, just so you know, it is available. But 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 the way that we accomplish those things, you know, in the way we, we how to our faith is that we have a love of our Lord that fuels all of those things. And if we ever get away from that, I think we'd be, we we try to like build ourselves up by our own bootstraps, you know? And so I think, I was just thinking like, how can we take this week to really provide that fuel, that spark, that power to help us do all the things in our faith and really start with the basics? Um, again, because we get so practical on the show, which is great. I'm excited about practical things as well. But how can we make sure mm -hmm. we, we really get powered up so that we can do those things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right, so three ways to receive God's love is really what we're going after here. And this is something, like I said, it's a little harder for me, um, even though like it's part of the feminine genius is like receptivity. That's actually like a part of me that isn't as um, fine-tuned or maybe isn't as, it's not that I don't have that gift because it's a part of me as a woman, but it's something that I have to really be more intentional about. It just doesn't come as naturally for me as one would assume. Yeah. Or would stereotype. Whatever. All right. First way. Dive in, Kevin. Tell us about this first okay. way to receive this God's love. This is my show. So the first way is just understanding how God's love works. And I think a story slash analogy will really help us here. Because I think as Catholics, a lot of times we don't always understand like, wait, how, how does God's love work? So just work with me here. So imagine that you're a father or a mother of a nine-year-old boy. Right, And this nine-year-old boy is hanging out with the neighbor kid, and these two kids, they're inseparable all summer long. Like They're at, a, at each other's houses. They're playing sports in your backyard. They're going up to the neighborhood store. Like They are just glued together. And one day, your son's friend comes up to you. He's like, hey, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? He's like, it's been really fun this summer being able to play at your house. 
uh, and let me spend the night doing all these different things. And you're like, oh, no problem. I'm glad you've, you've had a great summer. And then this nine-year-old boy, this neighbor boy comes to you and says, I just have one question. Do you think if I mowed your lawn for the rest of the summer that I could be your son? And of course, like you're super honored by this request, but you're like, uh, but if you mowed my lawn, like you wouldn't be my son, you know, like that doesn't make you my son to mow my, my lawn. He's like, well, what if I painted your house? Like, what if I did the dishes every night? Like, then could I be in your family? And it's, this, this story is funny in a way because we all know that there's nothing that your neighbor could do to get into your son, to get into your family, not into your son. There's nothing he could do to become your son. The only way he could become in your family is through adoption. If you just made a free gift to say, all right, you're in the family. Obviously, you can't just like take kids out yeah, of other families. I think families. the neighbors would be like, excuse me. But if, but that's the only way someone comes into our families. And the same thing with God as well. I think sometimes we try to earn our way into God's family. We think like, oh, if we're good enough, if we do the right things. But if we think about even how we enter into the church, how we become sons and daughters of God, it's baptism when we're babies, when we can do nothing at all. And that's ultimately, I think, where we need to start in understanding God's love. It's entire free, initially, it's an entire free gift to us for him to adopt us into his family and there's nothing we can do to earn that. What do you mean by initially? Well, I think um, we need to respond to God's love, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's his initial free gift of love. Mm-hmm. But as, as Catholics, we do need to respond. So we need to accept that gift into our life. And then later on, I think there are ways we can make sure we live that out as well. So by participating, you know, by going to mass each week, right? That's a way that we stay in God's family because we participate in the Eucharist or mm-hmm. going to confession when we've had sin that cuts us off from a relationship with God, like mortal sin that allows us to get back into the family. These things. So we, we can still respond to God's love. We can respond to his gifts. We can take that love and live out of it. But just as a son would, when you're in that family, you're doing those things because initially you're just in the family. That's a free gift. And you might respond to your father's love. You might paint the fence. You might mow the lawn. You might do all these different things out of love for your father, but it's your father that loved you first that allows you to do all those things and you're propelled by his love, not, not earning that love from your father. Mm-hmm. So there's like elements of grace mixed in there, but then there's also the reality of free will. Like we can reject God's love, but that doesn't mean that his love's not there. Mm-hmm. See, this is all feeling stuff and it just hurts my head because it's not as logical, but it, yeah, it's important to contemplate. Like, and I think for me, this is a good episode even for me to challenge me to not just say, oh, well, this is, you know, how I operate. So like I go through Holy Week intellectually and that's just me, right? Like, but really like to say, but like God could take you to a deeper place if you allow him to. And if you sit with it and do try to wrestle with it and comprehend it and like welcome that challenge as opposed to just like <clears throat> seeing it as like a challenge that I'm like, meh. I'm never good at it, so I won't try it, <laughs> which is what I tend to do. And, and as Catholics, we do um, have, you know, just objectively have more rules and regulations in our faith than our Protestant brothers and sisters, you know, most of them, you know. And so I think sometimes as Catholics, we can forget this first step. And we're like, I need to go to Mass on Sunday. I need to not eat meat on Friday. I need to, like, we think of all those things, but we have to realize that there's that first gift of love before any of those things. And if we don't realize that, then it just becomes... I do these things, so I'm a good person, so I go to heaven, and really, and the reality is God died on the cross from us, for us as a free gift, adopt us into his family, and that's just the foundation. That's the pinnacle of our faith, and to realize that first, or else we, we end up getting things backwards. 
Yeah. And I remember in my, so I'm in uh, Synoptic Gospels this semester at the Yes Institute. And we did, we talked about like the power of adoption and what that means. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I remember like that was a, a powerful moment for me to kind of recognize like adoption, like what that means is in their culture, you, if you adopt somebody, you couldn't, you couldn't like renege on that. You couldn't reject them later, but your own birth son, you could reject. Mm-hmm. And so I think that when we remember that aspect of it, like that's a good contemplation point, I think for me that I can sit with a little bit. So awesome. Okay. Um, we should probably move on to way number two to receive God's love, which is to accept who you are before the Lord. Yeah. So I think one of the things that prevents us from receiving God's love is that we don't think we are even worthy enough to receive it. Like we let our sins or our weaknesses or our past tell us like, oh, like God doesn't actually love me. Like God loves other people, but he doesn't actually love me and who I am. Or like God loves certain parts of me, but that thing I did or that that way I'm not good enough, like he doesn't love me in that moment. And so I think that that's this barrier that keeps us from really doing that. And so I think during this this Holy Week, I, I love the character of Peter because I think his character, we just couldn't relate to that so much. So if you think about Peter who, you know, on one hand, you know, he's the one who tries to walk on water. He's the one that leaves his fishing boat and falls after Jesus. He's the one that um, is willing to declare Jesus as, um, as, as God and as the Christ and is told that he's going to be the Pope. But he's also the one that you know, he tries to walk on water, but then he fails. He's the one who tells Jesus like, oh, you can't die on the cross. He's the one that denies Jesus three times. And so uh, I just I just love Holy Week and the character of Peter because he's so, like so many of us who really get entangled into our sin, that we deny the Lord. We have these weaknesses, whatever it might be. And then we see in the Gospel of John afterwards when Jesus rises from the dead, he encounters Peter. And if you just imagine that moment, like you spent three years with Jesus you denied him three times and he was risen from the dead and you know he's God and then you have to face him. And it's so amazing in the Gospel of John, we get that conversation. And Jesus, when he comes to Peter into his sin, right? If you can imagine a, a greater sin than betraying your Lord and your friend, um, Jesus doesn't say like, Peter, you're, you're a moron. Like, why did you screw up? He doesn't say, Peter, like, you're worthless. Like, you can't follow me. Jesus asks one question. It's just, do you love me? And he asks that question three times, like, Peter, do you love me? And I think that's the same question for us and our sin. I think Jesus doesn't respond and say, you're a moron. I can't believe you did that. You're so weak. You don't deserve me. Jesus says, do you love me? Because if you do, if you do love me, which is amazing after Peter says yes, Jesus says those same words to Peter that he did that started the whole thing. He says, come and follow me. So Jesus, again, invites Peter to do that. And so I think this time of Lent, as we face our weaknesses, as we look at God's love for us and maybe that separation between us and him and our sin, I think that question's really great for us is just, a, you know, do we still love God? Because that's the question he asks in our sin, not, not, not to dismiss us or to throw us off. And if we love the Lord, we can follow him again. And uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing to think about. I'm going to put in a practical point. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why this week is such a great week to make time for confession if you haven't gone yet. I think that's why it's so important during Lent to go to confession because it's a great time to really return to the Lord and remember that we're like Peter and we can deny Jesus and 
is a great way to prepare ourselves for Holy Week is to get to confession and to just be honest and, you know, that's who you're going to and confession is the Lord and just saying, here I am. Here's my brokenness. Here's my sins. You're about to go to the cross and I'm probably going to abandon you. I'm probably going to fall asleep in the garden and do all the things that we're about to watch your followers do. Um, I'm sorry that I'm, but I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I still, I still love you Mm because that's the question. Do we still love him? Because he's happy to love us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. All right. I think it's time for our saint quotes to live by. Saint quote to live by. A great one for the end of Lent. It comes from our man, St. Thomas More. Good man. He said this. He said, Tribulation is a gift from God, one that he especially gives his special friends. <laughs> Aw, are you a special friend of the Lord, everybody? <laughs> Do you feel like his special friend this week? If so, if you're facing tribulation, you are a special friend, which is so important to remember, like Thomas More's life. Like he's speaking about himself right there, right? Like (laughs) he was beheaded. He was beheaded. Yes. And here he is. He's saying, well, I'm one of God's special friends. So I guess uh, this is how it goes. It reminds me of that quote. It's like, um, Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. Teresa of Avila. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's a... very similar to that. So I think, yeah, where there's mm-hmm. sainthood, there's always that trial and tribulation. So, And you can't separate friend. it from the cross. Like you, there's no, there's no sainthood without the cross. Like name a saint who didn't carry crosses. You can't. Yeah. I don't have one. You can't because that's what leads to holiness. So that's right. So if you are embracing the cross right now, remember you are one of God's special friends and he's drawing you closer to him. Lisa, this must be a throwback episode because this week... We have a hack. We do have a, a hack. Hatsu Catholic hack. Yes. There it is. Yes. Well, it's a timely hack, and I wanted to make sure to share it with you all. So um, we're about to enter into Easter season, and with Easter season comes a lot of confirmations and first communions. And the hack we want to offer to you is if you have somebody who's getting confirmed or having a first communion, it can be a challenge to find the time. Well, it's a challenge to have a party afterwards because usually – all of their friends are also having parties because they were also confirmed. So, or they just had their first communion. And so one thing that we saw some friends of ours do last year is they had a celebration before first communion for their son. A pre-party. They had a pre-party and it was cool. So we got together and we celebrated the fact that the next weekend or something like that, it was, was the confirmation and then we prayed. So it was a time to gather and to celebrate this special moment in this person's life and to pray for them. And then that way their friends could come and they could really celebrate. But then the next weekend at the actual event, it was okay that everybody else was going off to do their own parties. So something to consider um, might be fun to have a little pre-party of prayer time for your child if they have confirmation or first communion coming up and you know most people won't be able to make it. So time of prayer. That's our hack. Right. Way number three. It's time to talk about way number three here. And it is to contemplate the cross. Our third way to receive God's love. And this one's pretty straightforward. Um, I just want to start with a quote here from Pope Francis. It's from uh, the way of the cross. I don't know. I think maybe we explained this before, but oh, we did. With Stations of the Cross, he does it at the Colosseum in Rome, which is great. But he said this uh, in 2013. He said, what has the cross given to those who have gazed upon it and to those who have touched it? 
What has the cross left in each one of us? You see, it gives us a treasure <clears throat> that no one else can give, the certainty of the faithful love which God has for us. So as we're thinking of receiving God's love this week, there's no greater way than to see that love on the cross. If we ever doubt, oh boy, does God love us? Does God love me? The cross is that thing in which testifies to God's love. It is that icon, that reminder. It's, it's God's brand, right? Like that is what reminds us of God's love for us. And I love that, that, that phrase of like, does, basically has it left a mark on our life? Like, do we feel the weight of that gift? And I think this week is a great way to do that, whether it's the Stations of the Cross, whether it's going to a Good Friday service, whether it's just the emptiness of Holy Saturday to realize that's just a day where the Lord is the Lord is in the tomb and it's not Easter yet. Do we feel that weight? And uh, can we take, take time this week to do just that? Uh, are we making that room so that, that God's love can really impact us and we're, we're willing to receive it and not just do a bunch of things or get ready for Easter or whatever it might be, but really take those moments to receive God's love. I think it can be really easy with Good Friday just to kind of see it as another day, like, I have to fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think the fasting, too, puts you in a disposition to contemplate it a little bit more because it's a reminder. Um, it's just really embracing that, which brings us to our how-to challenge. That's right. Yes, which our how-to challenge is this Good Friday to do something profound to mark the day. So something maybe that you haven't done before. So take what you normally do and try to step it up a bit. So we're not saying like, oh, I'll fast on Good Friday like I always do, but can you do something more, just one thing more this Friday? And that might be, uh, some suggestions could be, can you take off work on Friday? We were at a parish up north um, before we moved to where we currently are. And I remember the pastor every year would challenge parents. He would say, pull your kids from school on Friday. Like there's no reason they should be going to school on Good Friday if they are in public school. So maybe that's the profound thing you do is the whole family is home on Good Friday to mark that day and to honor it. Or maybe um, maybe you take um, Good Friday and you have silence from noon to three or, you know, just do something profound. Maybe you've never been to the service. Go to the service and fully enter into that. Or maybe take the stations, like we talked to with How To Stations, and walk them, like walk Mm. them out and find a trail or something where you can go and every so often stop to pray or find an outdoor stations that you could um, do that at. So that's our our How To Challenges. Do something profound to mark Good Friday this year. All right. Well, that is our show for today. Thanks for listening in. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at madetomagnify.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. As always, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating on iTunes, add it to your podcast subscriptions and tell a friend. This helps us get out the word about how to Catholic. Until next week, be saints. It's worth it.